The light fades, and the great dwarven vault lies open. The robed figures have grown silent, and one of them turns to regard Zarfal and Yorer. A friendly smile crosses his regal face, and he casts back his hood, revealing a crown of golden hair and tapered ears. Greetings, strangers. His voice is sonorous, like the rushing of a great river. What brings you to this place? I might ask you the same thing, Yor says, hand gripping tightly around the haft of his battle axe. These vaults belong to my people, and you have no right to trespass here. Trespass? <laughs> Such an ugly word. Where is the forge, Lord? Where are the elders to make their complaint? I have every right to walk these halls and reclaim lost elven treasure. There's no elven treasure in our vaults, Yor says. Only the product of dwarven hands. Leave this place or you will feel the wrath of the elders bound to my axe. The elf grows serious, eyes taking in the gleam of the dwarven-made axe. An impressive weapon, no doubt. But one axe of the dwarves cannot match the arcane power of my cabal. The world has trembled at our speaking. I give you but one warning. Stand aside and do not attempt to hinder us. Ah, that answers the first question pressing on my mind. Zarfall Brightwind steps forward. But not the second. The elf's eyes turn to him and he says, There is something strange about you, orc. A whiff of magic that seems beyond you. Zarfall laughs. Aye, <laughs> these eyes have sheen beyond the gates of death once already. And when I woke, there was one burning question in my heart. Why? Why did you bring calamity to this place? Why did you break the mountain and slaughter so many? Why, mage? Why? The elf smiles again, but this time there is no friendliness. Ah, now I see it. The mark of the Sisters of the Eclipse rests upon you, meddlesome witches. My reasons are beyond your understanding. And I tire of this trifle. Will you stand aside? That'd be a no for me, Yor says. I must agree with my companion. We cannot allow you to proceed with this devilry. Devilry? <laughs> we will show you devilry. And the other mages begin chanting as the elf withdraws toward the opened vault. Welcome back for another episode of Errant Adventures, the solo actual play podcast where stories are told at the speed of dice. With me, Steve Morrison, your game master and solo player. Now come on, let's grab the dice and see where our story goes. Welcome back for the final episode of our Tales of the Burnstones miniseries. Last time... 
Zarfall and Yor follow the mage's trail down into a massive cavern full of lesser and greater vaults. They begin making their way along the path when they are ambushed by a small group of shadowy creatures. Battle ensues and Zarfall suffers some minor injuries, but they manage to fend off the creatures until one latches onto Yorr and rips out a chunk of his neck. Zarfall downs the final creature and rushes to help Yorr. The dwarf is bleeding out as Zarfall removes a vial from his bag and opens it cautiously, dripping flaming liquid on the wound, cauterizing it. Zarfall encourages Yorr to remain behind, but the dwarf stubbornly refuses and chooses to press on. They take a brief detour to find a cache of dwarven supplies, including some dwarven drink, which is a restorative. They continue on the path until they descend to a landing with a pyramid surrounded by twelve chanting-robed figures. As they arrive, the pyramid cracks open, and a bright light fills the cavern. So as we start this episode, let's take a look at our dreams of glory. So for Zarfall, it is find the mages and discover what caused the cataclysm. And for Yor, it is find the mages and take vengeance for what they've done to the dwarven kingdom. Zarfall and Yor have both found the mages, but they are in the process of discovering what caused the cataclysm and taking vengeance. So I'm not going to say that they have fulfilled those dreams of glory yet. I believe if they survive the next few minutes, they are going to fulfill those dreams of glory here before the end of this session. Yorur and Zarfall are both facing off against this almost dozen mages as they begin to chant as the elf with the golden hair makes his way towards the open vault. And Zarfall and Yor know that they don't have any recourse but to draw their weapons and fight their way through these mages. They also know that because these mages are chanting, they are about to enact a spell of some sort. Whether or not that spell is a spell of power that's going to hurt them or it is a summoning, they are not sure. So they are going to strike with speed and as much aggressiveness as they can muster. Here's how we're going to do this because I have an idea in mind of what the mages are doing. And Zarfall and Yor have an opportunity to cut down some of these mages before they finish their casting. Doing so is going to reduce the severity of the thing that the mages are doing. And so I'm going to roll for each Zarfall and Yor, and their results are going to determine how well they are able to cut through these mages and how quickly before the magic is completed. Zarfall is charging forward and he has his rapier in his right hand. But I think for this one, I'm not going to use the rapier. I think it's going to be, for Zarfall, it's going to be how fast he can move. Because these mages aren't really able to defend themselves from a couple of experienced fighters. They maybe are trying to retreat a little bit as they're casting, but they're totally focused on casting their spell. And so I'm going to roll dexterity for Zarfall. 
And I was thinking that I was going to roll for your as well. But I think what I might do instead is I might use yours tactician ability, which allows a team member to make a check at an excellent position. And that will represent yours contribution to this part of the fight. And so that requires him to step down one of his abilities. I think it's going to be his willpower. We're going to step it down from a D8 to a D6 as he takes in the position and he barks out some orders to Zarfall, kind of maybe a, a maneuver, some sort of tactical advice that is going to help the two of them cut through these mages faster. And Zarfall is going to roll with a D8 in an excellent position. So I'm going to take two dice, I'm going to roll both, and I'm going to take the highest. And the higher it is, the better it is for them. So here we go. Let's find out what happens. Well, hot damn, I rolled two sevens. So we'll take a seven. That means that we get a overwhelming success. The higher the result, the better. Let's envision what happens. Zarfall and Yor are facing off against these mages. They begin to chant, and immediately the two of them spring into action. Yor raises his axe and brings it down on the closest mage, cleaving straight through their body. And the chanting is immediately cut away and they crumble to the ground. He calls out and says, I recognize this chanting, Zarfall. They're summoning something. Quick, cut through as many of them as you can. And he is going to race forward onto the next one. And Zarfal, hearing that, leaps forward and stabs through the heart of one of these mages, pulls out his rapier and dances past. Another one is trying to back up and he slashes across their throat, cutting off the chanting. In a flurry of activity, there is blood and viscera and chanting voices are cut down in seconds as Zarfal and Yoror cut their way through most of these mages. There are a few left who complete the chanting and clap their hands together. There's this reverberating hum that echoes through this cavern. And then the two companions, Zarfal and Yoror, stand still for a moment as the ground between them cracks open and a great heat emanates out, Zarfal can feel almost immediately the sweat beating on his brow. And then a hand reaches out of the broken earth and slams into the ground. And then another hand comes out and slams into the ground again and this head emerges as this creature pulls itself from the depths of the earth it is over seven feet tall with dark red flesh and horns that curl up from its head it breathes ash and fire from its nostrils, and there are claws at the end of its long fingers. And it climbs out of this hole, and it turns and looks around at the mages, at Zarfall and Yor, and it just looks at them and goes, 
fresh meat. And is going to turn and attack. Now, they got a great success, which means that this creature is not as strong as it should have been. And so what I think that represents is that this is an aspect of the creature that they were trying to summon and not the full creature itself. I'm going to give this creature a resilience of eight. It has a strength of D6, and I think that there is a possibility every round that it is going to attack one of the mages instead of Zarfall or Yoror, because there weren't enough mages left alive when the summoning was complete to fully bind this creature to their will. The creature has emerged, it's standing there, and Zarfall and Yor are looking at it, and it is time to begin this battle. Zarfall is going to draw out his short bow and try to give a good old shot with that at this creature. Uh, that's a D8, so I'm going to roll that D8, and here we go. Another seven on the dice, which is three hits on this creature. So instantly he launches a shot across at the creature, and it fires into the creature's shoulder, and the creature stops laughing and kind of looks down at this arrow there. And I think he is surprised that this arrow pierced his hide and injured him. So the creature looks down at the arrow and kind of snaps it off and then charging forward is going to swing his claw but I'm going to roll a d6, and if I roll a 1, it's going to be against one of the mages. A 3, that is not a 1, so it swings down at Zarfall Brightwind with its nasty claw. Here we go, d6. I rolled a 2 on the die, which means that's only one hit. So Zarfall has a resilience of 7 currently. That goes down to 6. He is able to duck out of the way as the creature slashes with his claw. And Zarfall barely avoids being completely raked across the chest by the thing. But his armor holds up as he stumbles back. And I think he throws down his bow and he, he reaches for his rapier that he kind of stuck into the ground while he pulled the bow out. And he's ready to fight this creature in close. Behind the creature, Yor charges across with his axe. But the question I think remains here is that there are also three mages that are still living. Are those three mages doing something in this battle? I think it is very likely that they are. So that's going to be a D10, uh, a two, no, and. Okay, so they are not involved in this battle. That means that they have turned and retreated towards the vault following the golden-haired elf into that area. So they are leaving the demon here to deal with these interlopers. Yoror is going to charge across the room and he is going to 
take up his battle axe and strike it into the back of this creature. Rolling a d4 for his battle axe, I get a three, which is two hits. So he is now down to three resilience now as the axe bites into the creature's back and and lets out this great cry. And the creature is going to then turn and try to backhand Yorer. And I'm not going to roll for the mages anymore because the question oracle has answered that question of whether or not they're sticking around to duke it out with Zarfall and Yorer. So we'll roll our d6 for the demon lord. Ooh, that's a six. That is going to be three hits. And once again, Yorer is dropped to zero resilience. So he turns and swings his arm as Yorer is pulling the axe free. And there's a spiny protrusion coming off the back of the creature's arm. And it slams into Yorer's chest. And it punches through the armor on Yorer's breastplate. And he... as blood gouts out as the creature removes his arm and the spine from Yor's body. And Yor kind of drops to a knee and is holding the wound. Zarfal, he's got me good. Can you finish this? And Zarfal is going to turn with his rapier and attempt to drive it through the creature's chest. Rolling a d4, that is a three, so two more hits. Oh, but he's only one away. So that takes him to seven out of eight resilience. The demon is still standing, and we have a question for the oracle here. Is this demon going to focus on Yorer because he can see that he's very injured? Or is he going to focus on the more present threat that is Zarfall Brightwind, who is currently relatively unharmed and is has struck him quite mightily twice? So I think it is likely that he is going to focus on Zarfall because I think he wants to enjoy making the dwarf suffer. So I'm going to roll a d8 on this question oracle for likely, and that's an eight, yes, and. So yes, and he is going to use one of his abilities, and his ability here is Breath of Ash. And so the creature is going to turn with his mouth, and his mouth opens wide, and he's going to breathe on Zarfall Brightwind. And fire and brimstone and ash emerges from this creature's mouth and covers Zarfall and he is going to have to make a check here to try and resist this. And so I think this is going to be a strength roll as he's trying to endure the heat and the uh the the pain and all of this stuff. So we're going to roll a d6 for his strength. And of course I rolled a 1. On a 1 you fail or succeed with a major complication. 
So we're going to take the strength down to a D4, and we're going to say that Zarfall is able to fend off the breath. Like, he covers his face and mouth with his cloak, and he is not burned or scorched by it, but the cloud confuses his senses and he is unable to see or hear this creature and effectively loses his turn as he's just wildly swinging his rapier around trying to make contact with this creature and the creature is going to strike him again this time with a d4 because he had to tick down his strength die of d6 in order to enact that ability but he's going to strike at Zarfall again with a d4. That is a two, so that is going to be another hit on Zarfall. So the claw comes down, but because Zarfall is flailing around a little bit, he is able to deflect some of the blow, and the claw crashes into his shoulder, and his leather armor holds up to most of it. And because it was a major complication, he is still out of it. So I think that Yorer is going to, despite his injury, have to rise up and swing with his axe with everything he has. And uh, I think this is a great instance to use some grit. So Yorer is going to use his d12 grit and try to strike down this demon lord. Here we go. Seven on the dice. So he slams his axe into the creature's leg and it goes again and crashes to its knees and then you're struggling to his feet raises the axe up over his head and says these lands belong to the dwarves and not to demons Go back to the pit where you came from, fiend. And he is going to drive the axe down into the back of this creature's head, splitting it open with that spell blast metal. And the creature lets out a pitiful... As his body turns to ash and dust and settles into nothingness. And now for a mid-roll ad break. How Not to DM is an interview podcast where host Derek is on a quest to interview the very best dungeon masters on this plane of existence. Derek interviews guests from all over the TTRPG space about their gaming experience and advice for running games. Head on over to any of the major podcast platforms and dive into How Not to DM for this fascinating look into the people who create, play, and run the games we love. And now, back to the show. Almost immediately, Yorer pitches forward and blood is spurting out from where he had to take pressure away. Zarfall is going to crawl over to him, clearing his eyes and trying to blink his way back into focus. And he's going to try and pull out another vial of that dwarven drink. And this is going to be a, I think, willpower roll for Zarfall to see if he has the mental wherewithal as he's kind of in this haze of ash and brimstone to remember where Yor kept that vial 
and uh, to find it and offer it to him. So this will be a D4. I rolled a four. It is a success, but there's a minor complication. He does it, and that is going to actually deplete the Dwarven drink because it was at a D4 anyways in yours items. So that depletes the Dwarven drink. I rolled the maximum amount on the die. So I think that is going to give him his three resilience back, but I think he is going to have a minor hindrance of too often injured. So I think that is going to uh, affect him doing physical things in the future because uh, he has suffered a lot of wounds in the last little bit. And despite the restorative properties of the Dwarven drink, it's not enough to kind of make up for just the absolute brutality that his body has suffered through. So Yor guzzles down the dwarven drink and kind of coughs as his wounds knit up a little bit. And then he's going to turn to Zarfall and say, thanks, friend. That was mighty close. We got to get up. We got to go in there. We got to take care of these mages. I agree. And so the two of them sort of rise up, dust themselves off. And they are going to pursue the elf and his three remaining mages into the vault. They run through the door, this opening in the pyramid. And as soon as they pass through, Zarfal gets this sense of stepping from one room to another. The temperature has changed. It's cooler in here. And he realizes that the cavern that they were in is minuscule in comparison to the size of the great vault. And he is standing on a platform looking down across thousands of chests of displays of varying machineries and wonders of the dwarven world. And for a brief second, he stops and says, Friend Yora, this is truly a sight to behold, a wonder of our world. I regret that it is such dire circumstances that bring me to this place, but I am glad to have seen it. Yeah, it's quite a sight to behold, isn't it, my friend? Look, down there, that's where they are. And Zarfal follows Yor's hand where he's pointing down towards a small platform where there is an open basin in which there are three beautiful, glimmering stones that seem to contain a fire burning deep within them. Zarfal and Yor can see the golden elf stepping onto that platform as his three companions hurry to catch up with him. The two of them are going to race down the steps, following after 
They clamber down onto the main level and they're racing through this cornucopia of wonders. Zarfal sees siege weapons. He sees swords and shields, axes, bows, spears, armor, all intricately crafted. He sees gems and he sees cups and works of art piled up in different places, displayed with honor and with glory. There is the wealth of a thousand generations of dwarves inside this vault. And Zarfall rushes past it all. As he's going, as he's running, and Yorur is running in pace with him, Yorur breathes out a, a sigh of wonder himself and says, I've never been inside the vault. I was never allowed to. This is incredible. The stories that my parents told me certainly don't do it justice. I cannot even imagine the wonders that are around us. And yet, why? Why are these mages here for those stones? What are they? Do you know, friend Yora? Would Yora know what those stones are? I think it's very unlikely. So I'm going to roll a d4. A three. Yes, but. So yes, he knows what they are, but I don't think he knows the story behind them. So he says... Yeah, those are the burned stones, but I'm not really sure what they are or why they're here. Just that they were made by the dwarves in our earliest days. They might even be the first wonders we ever crafted. I see. Things like that would hold great power, I assume. I suppose so. The two of them reach that platform... As the elf is turning away, these stones cradled in his arms. His mages have reached him as well. And he sees the two of them standing there, looking quite the worse for wear. And he smiles, once again not friendly, and says, Hello. It seems you survived our guest that we brought to play with you. That is all right. I have what I came for. And you won't be leaving with it, Yor says. I don't think you have the power to stop me. Perhaps not, but we have the will. Please, help us understand. Why? Why have you done all of this? For these stones... What power can they hold that is worth so much destruction? The elf looks down at them and then back up. And he says, Do you really not know what these are? I know they're the burned stones. I don't know what that means. What are they to you? These were forged by the dwarves long ago for the first elven queen, my mother. And when she was passing into the beyond, she returned them to the dwarves for safekeeping, I suppose. She never told me why she did it, 
She passed on before she could. I always assumed it was to make me stronger, to give me the will, to come and take them for myself. Why else would she pass me by and return them that should have been my birthright to the dwarves in their halls below, where such wonder and beauty is hidden away? It is unconscionable. I have come to reclaim my birthright. Do you not see why I must do what I must? These belong in the forests of the elves, shining their radiance across the land. Now stand aside and let me return these to where they belong. Ah, I think I understand why your mother returned these to the dwarves. The elf with the golden hair gives him a quizzical look. And Zarfal says, She saw that you were too weak of will and too petty to deserve them. For what other than a creature so small would cause the death and destruction that you have for a trio of baubles? Yes, they may be beautiful and powerful, but are they worth the life of thousands? The elf sort of lolls his head to the side and says, I think so. And that is why she took them from you. And that is why they must remain here. Set them down, or we will make you. <laughs> you fools. Now that I have the burned stones, there is nothing that can stand in my way. Yora, make ready. I'm ready, friend. And the two of them explode into action, charging forward at the golden-haired elf and his three mage companions. The golden-haired elf opens his mouth and begins to chant, and Zarfal draws forth a small dagger and flicks it forward at the mage. And I am going to use Zarfal's grit as he is going to attempt to kill this mage before he can enact whatever chant he is about to say. Rolling a d12. Here we go. Another seven on the die. Sevens have been the number of the day. And according to the skill check table, the higher the better. A seven is a great success. Zarfal takes two steps forward and flicks out his wrist, sending a dagger arcing through the air. It impacts into the elf's throat, and he gurgles in surprise as the chant that was rising on his lips is cut short. And he cradles the stones to his chest as he stumbles to his knees, blood spurting out as his eyes widen and he's like <coughs> the other three mages 
step forward towards him as if they're going to try and help him. But Yorer chucks his axe and strikes one down. And then Zarfal, with his rapier, runs another through. The final one turns and runs. Yorer, cursing, chases after. But Zarfal remains and crouches down before the golden-haired elf and says, I'm sorry that it had come to this, but you had gone too far. I wish I had learned your name, friend, so that I might pray to the gods on your behalf. But for now, I say... May you burn in whatever hells you might believe in for the things you've done. And he reaches forward and he pulls free the dagger and blood spills forth onto the ground. The golden-haired elf slumps to the ground and as his life passes from him, The stones fall from his grasp and settle onto the stone of the earth in this great dwarven vault. There's silence for a moment. Zarfal reaches down and picks up one of the stones. It's hot to the touch, and yet it doesn't burn him. And he feels power coursing through it into his hands. And for a moment, he almost imagines that he can see and hear the elven queen whispering in his ear, return these to where they belong. They are not meant for mortal hands. And then he reaches down and takes up a second of the stones and the third stone and for a moment a brief heartbeat he's tempted they are beautiful they are powerful no one would ever have to know and Zarfall bright wind steps over the body of the elf and returns the stones back to the basin they were seated in. And as he does so, he feels peace. Sorrow at the loss of all those lives, but peace that he has discovered the cause of this cataclysm and he has put an end to those who enacted this terrible calamity and he turns his back on the stones and leaves that place knowing that this golden haired elf will not be able to enact such terrible catastrophe on anyone else ever again It's days later when Zarfall Brightwind emerges from beneath Mount Baram. He's fed and a little rested. He spent some days 
with Yorer, helping the dwarves in the halls beneath Mount Baram to recover their wounded and injured, to shore up the walls, to prevent the entire dwarven kingdom from flooding with magma. Yorer saw him off at the Highland Gate but a short time ago with a smile and a bottle of dwarven drink and a promise. If you ever need a place to stay around these parts, you come back here. Zarfall Brightwind, you will always have a place in the halls of the dwarves. I appreciate that, friend Yora. And I shall return, I think. But I have other things to attend to. I am still not sure why I came to these parts. Well, if you find yourself in need of any help, send word. It's been a while since I've walked the lands outside of Mount Baram. Wouldn't mind stretching my legs a bit, if you find yourself needing a companion. I appreciate that. And so, as Zarfall Brightwind emerges out of the mountain, it's been less than a week since the cataclysm. There's still ash in the air. As he emerges, he sees that there is some small bit of greenery starting to peek through the destruction. The world will heal. Those who have suffered and survived will persist, will thrive. And as he emerges from this mountain, he sees a woman in a veil waiting for him. As he approaches, he says, Dyra, sister of the Eclipse, fancy meeting you in this place once again. She nods her head and says, Zarfall Brightwind, you have succeeded in your quest. You have done well. I am very pleased. Yes, now what? He can almost hear the smile in her voice as she says, That is up to you, Zarfall Brightwind. Your life is yours. Go forth and do with it what you will. He nods and looks around Mount Baram and says, You know, I think I shall. And that is where we will end our mini-series of Tales of the Burned Stones. Thank you so much to Fari RPGs for making yet another blast of a game to play. I really enjoy the system and the step-down of the dice and just the very light touch on mechanics, but you really make it sing. That's the stuff that I really, really like. So once again, thank you to Fari RPGs for an awesome game. And thank you all for listening. And I will do a bigger announcement about this next week, but I am planning to put the show on a bit of a hiatus for the next couple months as I am looking to do the next thing with Errant Adventures. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a dedicated release next week. In the meantime, thank you all for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. 
Thanks for listening to Errant Adventures, and thanks so much to Tabletop Audio for the lovely ambient sounds and music throughout the episode. If you enjoyed the show, please spread the word, and if you want to support the show directly, leave me a review or buy me a coffee at ko-fi.com slash errantadventures. If you want to interact with me, I'm at errantsolopod on Twitter and Instagram, or you can email me at errantsolopod at gmail.com. I also post campaign-related materials on my website, errantadventurespod.com. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time.